Radio Drone. What do you guys think about our open? I got a couple of email complaints saying that they don't really like our open. What do you guys think? Someone doesn't like our open? Someone doesn't like the open. Do he they sa- just not know what it's from? I don't know. He only said he didn't like it. He, he loves the opening to Lost in the Static, and he said he wishes we'd change the Radio Drome open, but I kind of like the Radio Drome open. I like the Radio Drome open. Every comment that I see regarding it, either they like it or they, they just ask what it is, which I take as meaning that they, they like it. I, I, I see a lot of comments where they're wondering what what the reference is to, what yeah. the what the music is from. But... And I actually asked you like two weeks ago, what is that? And, yeah. and you go, Videodrome. I'm like, oh! Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not exactly subtle. Videodrome? Radiodrome. I, <laughs> I I wasn't stretching a lot on picking that for the opening theme. It's not. What's the opening theme from? Oh, that Cronenberg uh, movie. Oh, uh, Videodrome? No, uh, Existence. <laughs> By the way, before we get into everything else, how is that? I just downloaded that. You've seen Existence? No, uh, that's one I haven't seen. I heard it was really terrible when it was new, so I avoided it. And now some people are telling me it's great, and some people are saying it's his worst movie. I saw it when it first hit video, and I kind of liked it. I, I don't remember thinking it was great, but... I remember liking it. It's got like kind of an ambiguous ending that I, I, I know what the ending is. I've already had that ruined for me in the okay. last decade. It's got this ambiguous ending that seems just to be there just for the sake of having a mysterious ending. I remember liking it just just fine. Would it surprise you guys at all that I've never seen Videodrome or Existence? No. <laughs> no, that does, and it disappoints me, but not surprising. I'm thinking of all the other. Cronenberg movies that I've that I've seen, and most of them I, I'm thinking of, I I liked better than Existence, but I but I still liked Existence. Well, bef- uh, I, f- I feel a discussion coming on. Before we do that, remember our contract with Adam and Eve. We got to get the promo in the first five minutes, so we should probably do yeah, the Adam and Eve let's promo. Plug them. <laughs> should we plug them from behind? We should plug them from any direction well, let's, possible. Let's lube it up first, so okay. the so it's more comfortable yeah. for the listeners. Exactly. So, are you well, saying, are you, Brad? Are you saying Jared's well lubricated? <laughs> Most of it gets stuck in his hair. Uh, yeah, I am part wild boar. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you still have big mix in your teeth too. I do. So, I tried a bite of that, like, because it was that bowl was. I mean, it was sitting there while we were doing that, so it was. What did it take us an hour to make that Pretty or something much. like that? So <laughs> you you tried it and you, you were like, Ugh. I mean, you tried it in in the scene, yeah. And then when it and then when it cut, I was like, okay, I I, I got to as well, and I did it. Oh, God, yeah. I'm gonna say to the listeners then, if you don't want to put Big Mix in your mouth, go to AdamandEve.com and you can put something else in your mouth. Big, and if, big Jim Slade. <laughs> I think that's Kentucky Fried Movie. But <laughs> if you use the promo code DROME, you'll get 50% off a single item, three free DVDs, a free mystery gift, and free shipping. Go to adamandeve.com and use the promo code DROME to find something to either put in your mouth or put in your rear. I mean, it doesn't matter. In this day and age, there's, there's no shame in any of it. <laughs> exactly. So, going back to Cronenberg, I also, I know you're going to you're gonna slap me through the microphone, but I have not seen two movies I just got from the library that were Cronenbergs. A History I, of Violence and Crash. Oh, really? See, uh, you never seen those? No. Uh, History I, of Violence is great. Crash? This is, you might know what I'm talking about here. Uh, when I saw Crash, it was 
it was probably 10 years ago and I've honestly only seen it once and when I watched it and it was over I was kind of like well I'll give it this it was sleazy Uh, it was definitely well made the music was good but I don't know if I liked it because I mean nothing really happens in it but it's one of those movies that the more I think about it every year every year that's passed since I've seen it and I I remember the movie I remember I remember uh, most of the movie the more I think about it the more fond I am of it the more I I guess like it I suppose because I I do remember it from beginning to end it isn't one of those things where I barely remember the movie Uh, but I, I do remember after I watched it just being like I don't really know what the point of that was but thinking about it over the years it's like I you know, I, I guess I did kind of like that, all right. Joe Bob Briggs called it one of the most disturbing films ever made. Would that be accurate? No. No, I, I, I didn't think it was. I, I, I don't remember it really being disturbing. I mean, it's maybe one of the kinkiest movies I've seen, you know, pseudo-mainstream. But it's the movie is it's it's James Spader and Holly Hunter and their sexual fetishes that they get in car crashes and have sex. <laughs> that's the movie that there is it isn't like one of those things where like oh and then there's a serial killer blah 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 that's the movie it's a movie about these people where that's their sexual fetish and there's parts in it where they're watching like car crash footage and like feeling up on each other and one girl is it's Rosanna Arquette Rosanna Arquette is in like a leg brace and she's got this huge scar and like spader fingers it at one point like it's it's depraved and messed up as hell but I don't remember thinking it was like disturbing but it it but I you know I, I look back kind of fondly on it really uh and I'm I'm a huge huge James Spader fan anyway speaking of that I just picked up a VHS of Tough Turf have you ever seen Tough Turf um I I can't say so but then when I looked at the box I'm like this sounds vaguely familiar I may have seen it on cable when I was a kid and just don't am not putting it together in my head. It is gloriously 80s. Like, oh, just his hair. His yeah. hair is so 80s on the VHS cover. There's a part in the movie where he sings. Is he good? Where he gets on the piano and starts singing to his love interest. Is like, he any it's, good? It's she I I I honestly can't remember if, if the song was any good. It's been a little while since I've seen it, but it it's it's uber uber Cheesy, but kind of. But I, but I remember being like, you know, kind of great. You know, <laughs> Downey is in it. Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Is he? He's not even yeah. listed on the box. The box lists James Spader, Kim Richards, and Paul Monet's. Yeah, uh, um, Robert Downey Jr. plays uh, his buddy, plays Spader's buddy in the movie. Isn't it funny at a time when James Spader would be listed on a uh, on the cover before Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> well, oh, did you see? Uh, speaking of. Downey's uh, weird science and uh, did you see who got announced for Horror Hound Weekend? Who did they add? Rustler. Really? Yeah. Robert Rustler's gonna be there. Grady. Well, I can use that up. Grady. You you gave me an opportunity. Hey guys, the Kickstarter project and the Indiegogo project to try and fund us going to Horror Hound is is up. We could use donations. Help us. You started a Kickstarter too? Yeah, because nobody's donating to the Indiegogo one. (laughs) <laughs> so I thought maybe somebody at Kickstarter, they might see it there. We really need the help, and we need to get our tickets soon. So if you guys want to see all the video and stuff, you got to help us. Yeah, I've got a small problem that I, I, I need to 
I, I need to uh, kind of remedy in the next uh, in the next couple days uh, transportation. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. If you decide to take the train, I'll I'll take it with you. Oh yeah, and that's cool. Uh, it's just that that you know I if if I can avoid taking the train and having that three hour layover in Chicago and and then the rest of the um, yeah the rest of the eight hours yeah then then I. I, I I would be golden. That would be great. But if if push comes to shove and I have to do that, I will. It'll be much more comfortable seating on the uh, the eight hour yeah. portion. The seating will be a lot better than it is from uh, Springfield to Chicago. But it, 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 if you if you want to take the train, like I said, I'll, I'll I have no problem with you. I'll, yeah. I'll keep you some company. Right on. Um, so I also Brad and Jared take a train. <laughs> I also wanted to say too that uh, have you seen uh, have you seen Drive yet? No, I I don't go to the theater. Remember, I told you about how my I told my theater to go f- themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not going. I will go before you get into drive to the Green Bay Theater if they actually get Ghostbusters next month. Oh nice. Because I, I don't know if the audience knows Ghostbusters is being re-released on October yeah. 18th. You just have to see if your theater is actually going to get the damn thing. Ours most likely will. Ours gets like the re like we got the we got the reissue of Back to the Future and Airplane and First Blood. Uh, our, our theater uh, gets those, so I imagine we'll be our theater. Do, our theater doesn't. Do, do you think it'll show up at 12? Or? 12, yeah. It'll show, it'll show yeah. up at Showplace 12. Uh, show, our, Showplace 12 is our big theater. It's the one that gets stuff like that. Um, I, I guess I, I ask because uh, it's you... A parkway that gets the um, that that gets like the the art movies or the or the well, yeah we have a theater in town that's that's Parkway Point that that gets that's that's where we saw Drive. Well, speaking of how how is it because a lot of the people on the comments for the last couple of these you posted on your site and we're going to get to something about the site in a minute. They, they all said, Brad, you need to go see Drive. Oh, the yeah the people who the, the who recommended yeah me seeing Drive they. They know my ta- They definitely know my taste in movies. They do because Drive is totally my cup of tea. Uh, I don't know what people were doing recommending me seeing Tree of Life, but uh, I think you Drive, were being set Drive up. Drive is a you know a couple people and Jake and I. Jake and I like just did a, a review for it, and I mentioned this in there. Some people have said that Drive is like if David Lynch did the Transporter. It's like if Michael Mann did transporter like around like when he did manhunter and uh, and stuff like that it's like hell even even friedkin like to live and die in la you know it's the movie is that kind of to live and die in la like really atmospheric moody crime thriller and it's very 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 80s and really cool. Like the the opening credit sequence itself is 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 the opening credit sequence to Midnight Heat. <laughs> well, because same I, font and everything. I I want to go see it because you recommended Drive Angry and I enjoyed that. Yeah, but you al- can... but you also recommended and you said Piranha 3D was a fun romp and I got screwed on that well, one. Well, the difference so. between that that there's a difference between me recommending something and me recommending you something it didn't surprise me that you didn't like piranha 3d was that a shot at me were you you, did you think no 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 i'm just no no (laughs) if you did it was a good shot no no that's not a shot at all it's me saying like just because i recommend something doesn't mean i'm gonna say to jillian hey you should go see 
Harvey Keitel and Bad Lieutenant. You know what I mean? I love, I love Bad Lieutenant, but I wouldn't recommend Jillian see it. And in in regard in regards to like yeah, Drive Angry and Drive, yeah, I, I stand by recommending you Drive Angry, and I I recommend you see and Drive, dude. Albert Brooks plays like the heavy in it. I saw that in the trailer. I noticed that in the trailer. He looked kind of miscast because no, he's, he's not because he just doesn't come across as as a heavy. Dude, in this in this movie it works because he's not it's not like he's playing like it's not like the movie is not the transporter. It's not like he's playing a villain in a transporter movie or something like that. Like it, sure you can compare it to the transporter in the sense that Ryan Gosling does some getaway driving in it but really the similarities stop right there but uh in this he's playing he's playing a uh he's playing a gangster in it and he is funny in parts he is because i mean i love albert brooks uh and so there are parts where he's funny but there are parts where he's where he's intimidating there's i never thought i would see this albert brooks stab a guy in the eye with a fork and then shove a butcher's knife in his throat like albert brooks is he is totally this character he owns this character and they make it work so well in that the casting for him is perfect because he talks about like his character in it mentions that he was a uh a movie producer in the 1980s sleazeful and stuff like that and so it, it totally works like uh his his hair in the movie isn't like the kind of dark curly that you usually see Albert Brooks. It, it's like gray and kind of combed a little bit, a little a little. So you're, are you saying, Brad, he finally broke away from mother? He, yeah, this isn't this isn't the uh, the the mother Albert Brooks or the the, uh, the the Albert Brooks that we're that we're used to seeing. And I really like Albert Brooks. But... Okay, okay, is this Hank Scorpio Albert Brooks? Oh. <laughs> well, he's not playing he's not playing like a Bond villain or like a diehard villain. Cuz or... he was great as a Bond villain. He was great as Hank Scorpio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um but he's he's playing he's playing like a uh like a Tony Soprano kind of kind of guy, really. If, Except it, not really like Jersey or If he was only play, if he was only playing that guy in Out of Sight, that movie might not have sucked as much. Oh, I liked out of I really liked out of sight. I, I okay, I, we're already being called racist, so I don't want to get on this too much. But Jennifer Lopez, Latino girl playing an Italian character. I don't care about that. That I don't care. I don't care if I didn't care that Fisher Stevens was Indian in Short Circuit. I don't care that Al Pacino isn't Cuban and played Star Scarface. I don't care that. James Caan isn't Italian and is playing Sonny Corleone. That I I, I don't care. Like I thought, for, Je- I thought Jennifer Lopez was fine in that movie. See, I, I did until I saw Carla Gugino play the same character in the TV series. Yeah, she Carla she Gugino, is Cargino was exactly how that character was written. I agree with you. I think Carla Gugino was better, but that doesn't make Jennifer Lopez bad. But but to me, I can't go back. Now all I see is how how Carla Gugino should be in that movie. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I I, I see what you're saying there. Uh, but at but, the time, uh, no, I Jennifer Lopez. Like, I still like Jennifer Lopez in that movie. See, I, I, yeah, at the time, if you just see the movie, she's not bad. After you see the TV series, she's not so good in that Carla role Gugino anymore. Carla Gugino was a much better Karen Sisko. I I agree with that, but um, but I still like that movie. E- even if I didn't really like Jennifer Lopez in that movie, it's still a good movie. I I still really like that movie. 
I, I, I liked it to a degree. There were parts I didn't like. For instance, I've read the novel. You know, all that romance stuff where they, like, meet up at the bar knowing yeah. each other? None of that crap's in the book. And even in the movie, I thought that was done well. But it, it to me, it the book is paced much better. The movie yeah. doesn't have the book's pacing, and there's a really key scene, a really dark scene, so I know why it was cut, uh-huh. that, that defines one of the characters in the book where he basically massacres a crack den full of trannies to prove yeah. that he really can be a criminal. I, and it's a good char- really good character scene in the book, and I understand why they yeah. cut it out of the movie, but it, it kind of doesn't make his character balance as well anymore. Sure, sure. And I, 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 I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I'm good at... Honestly, I really don't read that much, but uh, I'm good at separating how I feel about the book with how I feel about the movie. Um, no, keep in mind, I'm not a George Clooney fan, but he was perfectly cast as oh, the... Oh, yeah. I can't oh, remember I like the character's Clooney. name. No, keep in mind, I read the book after I saw the movie. I couldn't yeah. see anyone but Clooney when I was reading the book. I liked the uh, Seth Gecko nod in the movie, too. <laughs> His mugshot was Seth Gecko's mugshot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, hell, uh, Ray Nicolette showing up. Well, well, and then he was also in the TV series as well. So he was played by Peter Horton in the TV show. Though. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Keaton, I love Keaton as Ray Nicolette. Oh, he was great. And that was just a really strange cross-promotion to Jackie Brown. I mean, I know the characters are in all the books anyway, but just yeah. the movies, you didn't expect the same actor to be playing the same character in movies that were not done by the same producers. I remember when I was younger... Pulp Fiction was my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, and now that I'm older, I gotta go with Jackie Brown. Oh, ja- well, yeah, Jackie Brown, or as as much as I've bitched about Reservoir Dogs being a blatant ripoff, because it is, it's a great film. It is a great film, and I, I if something's a ripoff, I, I, I don't, really, it doesn't really bother me, but... Um, well, no, see, yeah, but, but, but Brad, the problem with it being a ripoff is the fact that Tarantino, to this day, refuses to admit he blatantly stole a shot-for-shot remake of another movie. Yeah, Th- that's and, the part and, that bugs me. It it sullies the movie by he he just why can't he just say, okay, but I improved on it, so isn't that a positive? And yes, he did improve on it. Yeah, he did. I, I like that movie better than City on Fire. Way um, better. You know, I don't think it necessarily sullies it because I don't care to the extent that it it makes me Reservoir Dogs. I think that if that's if that's certainly what he did, he should say that. And if he says that. I don't think anyone will judge him for it because, I mean, other movies he's he's mentioned that he got inspiration off of, like uh, with uh, the similarities between Inglorious Bastards and Hitler Dead or Alive. He's he's said that yeah, Hitler Dead or Alive was was one of the influences of this movie, and I don't think anyone is really gonna gonna judge him on that. But um, I, I well, but see, part of the problem to me is, is I see why he refuses to admit it is that's the film that made him. Do you want to admit that the first thing you did, the one where everyone was calling you a genius and you were taking all that praise, and then it turns out, oh, yeah, well, he ripped off the whole movie and then denied it the whole time? It's, it's an ego thing. He, he, basically, at this point, he can never admit that he took that movie from City on Fire. Yeah, and it doesn't, I, to me, it, you know, it doesn't, it, I, guess that I, I guess it's not that I don't care. I mean, I, he, he, if that's what he did, then he really shouldn't lie. He really shouldn't lie about it. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't sully my feelings towards <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. It really doesn't, it really doesn't sell, sully my feelings towards any of his other movies. Because, I, like I said, now that I'm older, I, if you were to ask me right now what, what Tarantino movie do I want to pop in, 
it's probably it's most likely going to be Jackie Brown. No, I agree. Well, and did you know Reservoir Dogs is a quasi sequel to True Romance? Uh, is it? Uh, listen to I this. know, like, the links between that and Pulp Fiction. Uh, l- l- listen to the story that Harvey Keitel set, tells again about a hooker named Alabama that tastes like peaches when you kiss her. Oh, okay, I forgot all about that. That was an inten- yeah, 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 that was yeah. an intentional reference to the true Alabama and true romance. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, I, I love romance. Oh, I true love. romance is... I defy anyone to watch the... I mean, Gary Oldman's scene as Drexel... And not just be pulled away at how intense yeah. that scene is. That scene's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that scene I, is just I, brilliant. True Romance was the first movie that I saw that Tarantino had anything to do with. Because I saw True Romance before I saw Pulp Fiction. I saw Pulp Fiction like right when it hit video in 94. And I saw True Romance probably like a year before then and then after Pulp Fiction I saw Reservoir Dogs I can't remember what order I think I saw Reservoir Dogs then True Romance then Pulp Fiction but I might be wrong and and yeah. you know what I'm going to tell everybody out there who, who says oh Oliver Stone screwed up Natural Born Killers from Tarantino's brilliant script no he didn't read Tarantino's script it wasn't bad Oliver Stone's script is far far better yeah, like I understand I understand people who say that like maybe the idea of Tarantino's script is in that the uh, the, uh, the the Downey character the, the the Downey character was like the main character in uh, Tarantino's original script. I I can certainly see the point of view of like, you know, I think that would have been better if he was if he was the main character, but it doesn't necessarily make the script itself better. Right. Um, I I much prefer Oliver Stone's version to Tarantino's. I've I I honestly haven't I honestly haven't read Tarantino's script, but I I do know that that one deleted scene with Ashley Judd is from Tarantino's script, and really that wasn't a very good scene. No, it wasn't. It <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, and I, I think Oliver Stone is one of those filmmakers that just stopped trying years ago. From a you know we talked about previously. Mm-hmm. But I think that movie is absolutely brilliant. That's when Stone was firing on all cylinders, I think. I will say, Stone, he did really try to uh, fix Alexander. How many cuts of that movie are there? See, I never saw any cut except the theatrical, so I don't know any of the quote-unquote fixes he tried to make. I don't know uh, whether those improved I, or I not. I think they're shorter, and maybe some stuff is moved around. I know I, all the I, gay I, stuff is, was taken out. Like I did, I I I I only saw the theatrical as well. I saw it in the theater, and I really just thought the movie was kind of dull. It, it was, um, yeah. I, I just thought the movie was dull. It wasn't that it was. It wasn't that it was like a train wreck or like shockingly bad or whatever. I mean, it had some campy parts in it, but to me, Oliver Stone's last good film was Any Given Sunday. I really liked Any Given Sunday. Unfortunately, if you didn't see it in the theater, you're not seeing the true cut of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked uh, what that crazy about. I don't know if this makes me a dick for saying this, but I wasn't that crazy about World Trade Center. I, I haven't seen it. I have no interest in that. That's after Oliver Stone went crazy, and the trailer did zero for me. It, well, it's not. It's not like a conspiracy theory movie or anything. Which like is that. what I honestly would. I wanted like a JFK version of the World Trade Center, but I'm weird like that. I don't. I don't know if I would want that because those people annoy me. But. Um, like uh it it was just kind of 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't that it was a bad movie or anything. It, it was just, it was like an inspirational, like survival story, and you know, it kind of was what it was. But I, I'd, I'd never like watch it again or, or anything like that. Uh, Nick Cage was good in it. Well, uh, we'll get back to him in a minute. I, I didn't. I'm going to be at the Madison Horror Film Festival on October eighth, mm-hmm. and I did an interview with. Rich, the head of the festival, which I want to play real quick, and then yeah. we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about Nick Cage. Sweet. I can talk Nick Cage all day. I am here with Rich Peterson, the director of the Madison Horror Film Festival. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight? Pretty decent. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the Madison Horror Film Festival? Uh, the Madison Film Festival is in its uh, third year running, and uh, this year it will be held on uh, Saturday, October 8th. That's going to be at the Market Square Cinema, which is located at uh, 6604 Odana Road in Madison, Wisconsin. The festival runs from 11 a.m. till roughly midnight, a little after midnight probably. We've got 13 hours and 12 films to uh, fit into the day. We've got, I believe, eight films that were submitted from across around the world, actually. And then we've got a few feature films by uh, some local directors, and we'll have the directors as guests there. And we got a few horror hosts coming out to uh, host those segments and some live video hosts as well. And and we are going to try and be there. I'm going to warn you right now, small chance we might not. Hank's, oh. Hank's truck <laughs> and my car both need major repairs. We're not sure we'll make it from Green Bay to Madison. I'm oh. just saying small chance on that. So well, w- hopefully w- you can make it. I hope we can too. Can you give us a rundown on some of the films, unless you or are you trying to keep some of those secret? Oh no, it's out there. It's all on the website. The full schedule is on the website at uh, www.madison.net. Uh, we're starting. We're kind of doing short films in little blocks throughout the day, and then the feature films will be uh, playing on their own. I think we're starting out the day with a 15-minute film called "Employee of the Month," uh, which came from. Uh, France, I think, and that's going to be followed up by a short film called Batania, which is from Italy. Um, those are both great films, and then we've got a feature film that's coming up after that block um, called The Collapsed, which is from Canada, so it's like we've got three um, international films right away. I didn't even realize that until I was looking at the schedule the other night. Um, the first little block with the two films, um, Employee of the Month and Batania, are going to be hosted by uh, Sally Zombie as a video host. And then The Collapse is going to be hosted by uh, Pumpkin Man from Fright Night Theater. Um, the other films we've got, I believe the next block is, um, I got it right here in front of me. Hold on one second. Uh, We've got, oh, the next block is actually going to be the matinee performance, which is going to be hosted by Dr. Ivan Kryptosis, and the film is uh, Attack of the Moon Zombies, the new film from uh, director Christopher R. Mim. And then we've got, right after that, we've got a QA and a with Christopher and a special little video segment by a horror host uh, that's going to do like a little tribute to Chris's films. And that'll take us right up to the dinner break around 3.30. Um, once we get back from dinner, we've got a, a segment hosted by Roxy Tyler, another horror host. That'd be a video host again uh, with a film called GGS uh, out of Chicago. Last seen on Dolores Street, which is directed by Davey Snively um, out of L.A. Davey had a film in um, 
the festival two years ago called Death in Charge that won Best Short Film, I believe. And she does some really good work. She did a feature film called uh, Trippin' not too long ago. Uh, the premise of the film is When Good Buds Go Bad. So it's it's actually pretty entertaining, and I know she just got a distribution deal for that. And rounding out that block of films is a film called Alone from another director out of Illinois. And um, after that, we got Marlena Midnight and Robin Graves from uh, Midnight Mausoleum, and uh, they're going to be live uh, hosting Italian Zombie Movie Part 1, directed by Thomas Berdinsky from Michigan. And we'll be doing a Q&A with him after that. And... Following that, we've got Helena Hussey of Horror is going to do a video um, segment with a short film called Flesh Eating Fog, which was, uh, I believe, the director's right here in Madison, Wisconsin. And that's running into a feature film called The Black Box, which is really interesting. And I believe they are from Texas, the directors are. And that's good. That's the end of the uh, submitted films for the day. At, right after that, we're going into... Um, the Madison premiere of Incest Death Squad 2 which is uh, directed by Corey Udler. Uh, he just did a new film called Mediatrix which is uh, debuting in Madison at the end of the month. Yeah, Incest Death Squad we, we actually had a chance to show the first one at the last film festival to a sold out crowd the Friday night before the festival. So I think this is probably going to fill up the room pretty quickly. And of course we'll have a Q&A with Corey Udler after that film and then to round out tonight is Lucky McKee's new movie, uh, The Woman. Uh, the Woman actually comes out in limited theaters across the country October 14th, I believe. But we got it first, so you can actually see it at the Madison Horror Film Festival in its entirety uh, right around 10.30, and that'll run up till midnight, 12.15, something like that. So, I mean, it's 13 hours and 12 films, a bunch of horror hosts and a whole lot of fun. What are you What are you expecting for turnout? I mean, I don't. I don't. Never been to that theater, so I don't know what capacity even is at that theater. What are you expecting? Well, going by uh, following or the uh, last festivals, we had the first one was kind of lightly attended because of uh, it was a Badger Homecoming game, and there was a bunch of other stuff going on. Didn't really plant so well. I think we had about a hundred people there, and then the second festival pretty much had a sold out crowd. It was just a few short of a sold-out crowd. Capacity in the theater that we use is uh, 272, I believe. And so, obviously, we're hoping for a sellout again this year. And I think the movies that we've got, if people watch the trailers online and check out the schedule and the way things are put together, I think uh, I think it might actually happen fairly easily. Well, and then, unfortunately, you're not going to get any money out of us because you said we get free admission. Yes, you do. You do. You get the press pass. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why, for the listeners out there, go to this. If you're in, you know, if you guys are in even Illinois, Madison's not that far. You know, go to the Madison Film Festival. Where are they going again? Where's the actual theater again? It's at 6604 uh, Market Square Cinema at 6604 Odana Road. It's real easy to get to if you get off the interstate. You take the main uh, thoroughfare through Madison, and it's like two blocks off of that. Yeah, so go- Google map it, and you can find it really easily. Because, like I said, as, as long as either my car or Hank's truck is able to make it, we're going to be down there, which which should be next Saturday, October 8th. Yeah, next Saturday, if you're wrong, come on out to the fest. What's admission? Uh, advanced tickets are $10. 
and the advance ticket price actually gets you into the festival pre-party the night before for free and you'll five dollar con for the Madison Ghost Walk tours, which goes on around the Capitol here in Madison. So, so, um, th- so we think about it like this for the audience. $10 for 13 hours of movies that you plus, can't lose. Plus a pre-party the night before, which we, we should probably mention, is uh, Friday, October 7th at the Regent Street Retreat in Madison. Uh, it was a live music venue called the Annex previously, and that's at 1206 Regent Street. And for that, uh, the doors open at 745, and it's a benefit concert for WYOU television. Not only a concert, but also film screenings. We're screening um, the Norwegian film Troll Hunter at 8.30. And right after that, we're starting a live broadcast of our late-night horror show, which is going to be shown on the web, along with segments of the, the show. And uh, Thomas Burdinsky is going to be there with Marlena Midnight and Robin Graves from Midnight Mausoleum, hosting Giant Rubber Monster Movie, a short film by Thomas Burdinsky. And uh, right after that, uh, we got live music from Knuckle Dragger, which is a great local band. They do uh, all surf rock instrumental music. Um, they wear gorilla masks and run 50s public safety movies behind them. Right after that, we're screening um, The Zombies All You Need Is Brains, which is a short film, 20 minutes long, that kind of outlines the lives of the Zombies like they were the Beatles. And then the Zombies will actually be performing live. So you've got uh, Troll Hunter and the Giant Rubber Monster movie, and All You Need Is Brains, two great bands, and doors open at 7.45, and we've actually got free beer and popcorn while it lasts. And if you're coming to the event, it's 5 bucks to get in. All the proceeds go to benefit WIOU Television. But if you get your festival ticket in advance for $10, you get into the pre-party for free, you get the coupon, Madison Ghost Walk Tours. So... It's a whole lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it's a it's a win-win. It's a win-win for you guys, and it's a win-win for anyone coming because, I mean, you can't beat that price. No, you really can't. Not for the, the amount of great quality, horrific entertainment that's being thrown out there. See, the only problem <laughs> I, the only problem I've got is I wish we could be there on Friday, but both Hank and I, our schedules just don't allow it. We're only going to be able to make the Saturday actual festival. Otherwise, I'd love to be at the pre-party with you guys. Uh, we'd love to have you here, too. Go to the Madison Horror Film Festival, October 8th, which will be next Saturday, or, well, it'll actually be Saturday, as you're hearing this, and 13 hours of movies, plus the pre-party, plus the extra, what is that, about six hours of movies at the pre-party? Yeah, Something like that, much. so you, almost 20 hours of entertainment for $10. Yeah, I, you really can't beat that. And then Hank Carlson and I are going to be there on Saturday, and if if you're a fan of the show or you're a fan of fan of Hank's old movies, you can kind of meet us. Although I don't know why you'd want to. For uh, go to our website and check out the event because you'll see what all the fun is going to be about. We've got um, the complete schedule up there. We got some poster art from the films, uh, brief synopsises from some of the films, and trailers as well. And the website is www.madisonhorror.net. All right, so I'll be at the Madison Horror Film Festival October 8th, and Hank Carlson will be there with me, assuming our vehicles make it. Now, before we get to Nick Cage, there's something we need to talk about, Brad. Mm-hmm. What happened to Jackalope and your website last oh, week? Oh, <laughs> I can't forget this. And I'm, 
you've asked me to remain calm. I'm remaining calm. <laughs> if you guys listened to the WTF this week, you'll know I did not remain calm with Jared. <laughs> no, you did not. And but, I think what was funny about it was that you, uh, before the show, said, said I'm going to try to stay as calm as I can. I and was... and and you and you lasted maybe five minutes, and you're like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. Blah, 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 before, the, before the show, yeah, like I'm like, all right, Josh Shelby, don't go telling the fans to go themselves. <laughs> a little diplomatic. <laughs> so we need to explain to the people that don't understand what happened. Uh-huh. Now, you might have noticed when you went to Brad's site to download the last couple episodes, they weren't there. Mm-hmm. Well, it turned out what happened is somebody hacked into Jackalope Radio, they broke through the firewall, and they, they targeted me specifically, and they went in and they started messing with my three shows. Only my shows, not the dozens of other shows that they could have. Which means somebody specifically targeted me yeah. for a hack which resulted in Jackalope and Todd having to move all the files around to put them into new secu- newly secured folders, which yeah. meant all the links on Brad's site were dead, all the links on my website were dead, and any uh-huh. links that have been posted to any news groups or forums are dead. I don't know, have you changed all yours yet? Yeah, I've ch- I, I fixed them. I fixed them. Yeah, and I fixed them too. So I just want to say to whoever did this, thank you for causing Brad and I hours and hours and hours of tedious work changing URLs and ha- having to reinforce the Jackalope firewall. So thank I'm you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you hit him, Brad? So, Brad, was I calm I enough there? I don't, want him to, I don't want him to hack my website. <laughs> so, Brad, was I calm enough there? Was I, was I nice there? Yeah, yeah, you don't... You don't you don't want to hack our uh, our files. That's 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 not good. It's not cool, man. Get yeah. us back our porn. You like you can <laughs> you can wait until it airs. <laughs> you can wait until it airs and you know listen to it then. But don't hack our files. It takes away from the hit count. It takes away <laughs> from a lot of stuff. And yeah, us having to 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 fix all the links and everything and. There's one thing I wanted to mention too, in that I know that when I post these on my site, I, I get comments every now and then people saying that the episodes are slow for them to download or something like that. Like it takes a really long time, and and I, I mean I don't know what the deal is on on my end. It downloads just fine. Mine like too. the other day, I was the other day I was like, does it really take a while to download? So I clicked on it and, and downloaded the MP3. I downloaded it in like two minutes. A fifty megabyte file. It, it took me like two minutes. So I and I don't have that great of a computer. I I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you've got decent computer. Well, it's not like a top notch freaking thing. It's no, not. But, uh, but uh, so I I don't know what I I don't know what to tell you right there. I mean, you know, I mean, but it it what it could be. It could be when it, when they're trying it. If it's at like at a peak time of the day, Jackalope may their bandwidth may be clogged with other people trying it. Yeah. So it may literally be wait three hours and try it again. Sure, yeah. And I yeah. also wanted to give a big, hey, big shout out. Hold on, I, I, hold on, Jared. I want to give a big. I think you're going to do the same thing yes. I'm going to do. I want to give a big, big shout out to Cassandra Baker. She went through and put all of our radio drums on iTunes. That's exactly Sweet. what I was going to do. All of yeah. Lost in the Static. And Woo! guess what just happened last night as we record this, Jared? 
Jackalope just hired her as their new IT person. So oh, we, we also got her a job. She was all about it on, on Facebook. She's like, yay, I'm, I'm now part of Jackalope. And Fantastic. Yeah. I, I, know, I, I got a message from her when she told me that. She goes, hello, coworker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Cassandra Baker, thank you so much. I, yes. You do get some bragging rights, too. You did in a day and a half what Todd Sheets was unable to do in seven months. Oh, <laughs> Holy Sheets. <laughs> so I just wanted to, I told her I'd give her a shout out, and she deserves it. Yeah, so, definitely. So, yeah, you can now get get Radiodrome on iTunes. Cool. And Lost well, in the actually, Static as well. Uh, Radio Drum on iTunes right now. All uh, all of the previous 38 episodes are, are up there right now. Will be up there also when uh, after when it airs. No, um, it's not. They're not going to go up until a day or two after they air because Todd wants people to listen live. Oh, yeah. I see. So we're not going to put them on iTunes before they listen live, or nobody's going to listen live, Jared. I yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, it does. It does. So, Nick Cage. Yeah. I just saw a trailer for I think it's called Justice. Oh, Justice. Yeah, it was once it was previously called uh, The Hungry Rabbit Jumps. Well, have you ever seen that I like old that title better? It, it it is a better title. But Brad, have you ever seen that Michael Madsen 1998 TV series Vengeance Unlimited? No. It's this as a TV is show. It? I mean, it's as I'm watching this trailer, I'm going. So they made Vengeance Unlimited into a movie. What the hell? Right on. <laughs> I loved Vengeance Unlimited. It was a great show. The but, the movie looks like it might be all right. I mean, I'm biased because I'll go see anything with Nicolas Cage in it. It looks it looks like one of the like the, the story's interesting enough. Uh, it looks like it might be a good thriller. It it also looks like one that I might not have been in as big of a rush to see if it was anyone else but Nicolas Cage in it. Well, Film Brain, is, Film Brain, Matthew Buck, he's the one that showed me the trailer. And uh-huh. he told me it does not have a U.S. release date yet. So I'm thinking this might be a direct-to-video in the U.S. Boo. Because it, it, it comes out in, like, U.K. cinemas next week, and he's, there's still not a release date in the U.S., which means it's probably going to come out on DVD here in a month. Well, you know, I mean... That doesn't doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad. I mean, Nick Cage's Bad Lieutenant only came to DVD here in Springfield. It was theatrical in other places, but here in Springfield, it just it didn't go to theaters here in Springfield. It went to DVD, and I loved that movie. Oh no, that, that movie was awesome. I mean, I really wish it was not called Bad Lieutenant. It should have just been called Portacol New Orleans. And apparently, that's what the original title was. Because he, he Val Kilmer's great in that too. Even though he's only got a tiny role, Val Kilmer's yeah. awesome in that. I I loved the I loved the Nick Cage Bad Lieutenant. I I thought that was one of his best in years. And uh, you know, e- even though it doesn't follow the even remotely plot of the original Bad Lieutenant, I kind of liked the fact that spoiler. He actually does get redemption at the end, and I really felt good about that for once. I did too. I like. I liked. I liked that too. That like you so didn't expect anything to go right for this guy at the end of the movie because the stakes were really against this character that he was probably going to die at the end. Probably but in the then, hail of gunfire too. Yeah. Uh, 
But then it, it with with a string of luck, it starts going pretty good, and I and it had a sense of humor about it, honestly. Oh, I I remember the one scene where everything is coming together, and it's just a static shot of all the actors' faces coming into frame, and they tell him the good news, and their yeah. face leaves, hey, and another good guy news, comes in. Parents? Yeah, I think that it was just such a. We're not even pretending to take this seriously, and it works. It totally worked because it, it did it totally. It did it so tongue in cheek that it was it was it was done well. Uh, um, I, I I I absolutely loved that movie, and uh, yeah, uh, the, the the Nick Cage Guy Pierce one. Uh, I like Guy Pierce too, uh, so I like that he's the the bad guy. And so I'll I'll of course I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna see it the second it comes out in theaters or <laughs> or you're gonna DVD. red box it or or you'll red box it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Nicolas Cage. I'm, I'm there for anything he does. Op- opening day, <laughs> <laughs> even even the ones that I know are gonna be bad, like Sorcerer's Apprentice. I see, still went to go see it. It's it's Nicolas Cage. He's he's my freaking guy. You know, like my wife. Um, my wife was going through Redbox and she's asking me like, "Well, have you heard about this movie and whatnot?" And she's looking for something, and she comes to Season of the Witch, and I'm just like. I've heard it's really bad. Season of the Witch is that's one that I I only went to go see it cuz Nicolas Cage uh, cuz Nicolas Cage was in it. Um and the trailers for it were terrible and I was not expecting anything from it, but it's it was Nick Cage, so I'm like I'm there Friday night. I'm going to go see it. And it was it was bad, but I had fun with it. And I think some of it was intentionally pretty cheesy. And I, I gave it, like, when I reviewed it, I recommended it, but as a bad movie. I was like, this movie is is not good, but I did have a lot of fun with it. I, I thought that that what this movie did wrong was was humorous, and it did have some moments of good humor in it, but... It's it's still not very good, but I did I did recommend it on that on that basis. Well, you know, because isn't Ron Perlman in that? Yeah, and Ron Perlman's great in the movie. Well, Ron Perlman's he, great in anything. I mean, God, oh, yeah, even the, even the Devil's Tomb. He's in Drive. He's fantastic in Drive. Yeah, I saw him in the trailer because I, I keep wanting. Why isn't Nicolas Cage on Sons of Anarchy? He'd be great on that. Yeah, completely. You know, because um, I was thinking, I, I watched another one of those, uh, I saw another new Dean Winters as Mayhem commercial. Yeah. And I just keep thinking, Dean Winters would be perfect on Sons of Anarchy. Uh-huh. I'd love to see him as a psycho biker. As, and as much as I love Mr. Mayhem, I'm like, man, give this guy a show. Give him a give him a series. Or so, like I mean, that... as soon as they start developing his character on Rescue Me, they kill him. <laughs> Right, he was so good on Rescue Me, and he was on the first season of SVU, and he left, and uh, he um, he left he left that in a way. I mean, story wise, they would have been able to bring him back, but he was fighting with the producers constantly, so he was never coming back to a Law and Order. Like that 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 person of interest show. That- seen it that person of interest show it's the one with uh, michael emerson from lost and uh jim caviezel take caviezel out of there put dean winters in there right oh i want to say since you're talking about a cbs show there mm-hmm. unforgettable not a great show poppy montgomery is smoking hot as a redhead she's a oh, redhead in a leather on, jacket uh... god is she beautiful on that 
I think she was on Letterman the other day, uh, and I saw her on there. Oh, yeah, is it right? Yeah, yeah. Redhead yeah, wearing a leather jacket? She is just smoking hot on that. Speaking of smoking hot, uh, Christina Hendricks is in uh, Drive. Refresh my uh, memory. Um, The redhead from Mad Men. Oh, okay. All right. I just uh, didn't recognize she, the name. She's in uh, She's in Drive, and... Uh, she's she's not in it very much, which is completely unfortunate because she is just one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. So she she pops up in Drive, so that was that was pretty cool. Well, um, um, we've we've only got about five minutes left. Well, I want to say too, okay. there's a uh, uh, another Cage movie that I saw the trailer for, uh, Trespass. I haven't seen the trailer um, for that one yet. It's the one with uh, it's, it's him and Nicole Kidman. And it's uh, Schumacher. They they're they're wealthy and they get taken they get taken hostage inside their house. And it's one of those they get taken hostage. These guys are trying to get money out of them, and then they start fighting back. So like a like a desperate hours or straw dogs even type type thing. Uh, again, it, it looks like one of those that I'm sure it's probably pretty good. But I'm, the only reason why I'm gonna be there it's really Cage. is just because Nicolas Cage is in it. Well, I'm I'm hoping as we record this, the pi- the two hour pilot for Terra Nova just aired. I have not watched it yet. I'm not sure if I should. It's not going to be around long. With how much it costs, it got a horrible get- ratings. No, oh, no, nobody That's watched it. I mean, I, I think it it pulled in something like uh, I read something like a three point two. And for its budget, it had to pull in a four. And, and, oh. and consider that usually the pilot is the highest-rated episode of the season. That shows I'm giving it five episodes before Terra Nova go bye-bye. Oh, wow. I kind of want to check it out just because Stephen Lang looks badass in it. He's, you know what? If, if you're a big Stephen Lang fan... I am a big Stephen Lang fan. Band of the Hand. I haven't seen that one. It's from it's a- 80s. It's, it's directed by Starsky. Oh, that's cool. And Stephen Lang owns every scene he's in. You'll also get to see a really young Lawrence Fishburne, too. Oh, cool. Oh, and uh, James Ramar is the villain, and you get to see uh, Lauren Holly topless, too. You can't lose. Band of the Hand. It's not a good movie in the fact that it's not that well written, but every actor makes that movie. It, it's, a good mo- it's, a, it's a good oh. movie for enjoyment, but not if you want something even remotely realistic. I'll, ch- I'll check that one out. Remember... Uh... Remember the hard way with uh, Michael J. Fox and James Woods was the uh, serial killer. Yeah. He, okay. Why did it take a movie as bad as Avatar to actually get him good roles again? He's getting some pretty and even even Avatar, he was the best part. He was so over he the was, top. He, him and he G- was great in that movie. He him and Giovanni Ribisi were. Him and Giovanni Ribisi, I swear, were thought they were in a different film than everybody else did. But it was the film that they were acting in was awesome. Well, the film <laughs> they were in was awesome. Too bad Avatar wasn't that yeah, film. That's that's what I mean. Like Avatar, it, I, uh, Avatar is one of those like uh, I saw it when it was in theater, and I visually, you know, I I, uh, I I liked like I gave it a pretty good review when it was out. But it's one I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch again. It, it's one that I'm like. Where I'm like, I, th- I think back on it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, Steve, Stephen Lang, Steve, Stephen Lang was great. He's really all I remember about the movie. Was, pretty much. I think my my review for it was pretty much based just on how much I loved Stephen Lang. We're out of time though, so we just want to say, cinemasnob.com, twelve oh one beyond at blogspot.com, foilwrapproductions.com, and help me get to horror hound, please help donate. You guys want to say good night? Good night. Good night. Good night. 